What's up, guys? You guessed it. We are back again with another episode of Summer Lunch Break. Today, we're joining Quinn Silvernail for a quick bite and some major wake talk covering all things VWC, Copper Lake, Thanks, Bob, and the coalition, the movie, the trilogy. Fun fact of the day, Quinn used to work at Active Water Sports. Coming to the West Coast for not only one, but two summers, Quinn shares his story of traveling cross country to be a part of the AWS crew up at Copper Lake. Quinn also dives deep into what it took to build Velbasta Weight Compound from an idea between him and his college friend, Luke Tilt, to the Park Riders Paradise it is today. Not only do we get insight on VWC, we also get to hear some spoilers on the newest coalition movie, The Trilogy. As we all know, this industry has a super special place for full length film and the Space Mob crew always delivers. So grab some grub and settle in, it's Quinn Silvernail. You know what I'm really scared about is if the wakeboarders get too close to shore, they may use some people on the shore as, as bonking items. Break. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm stoked yeah. to be on summer lunch break. We are so stoked to have you here. I the other day when we uh saw each other at the Alliance, the Beards and Premieres thing, Dan and I were like, oh dope, yeah. Remember when Dan was kind of like, remember when Quinn was on? I was like, no. And then I was like, oh my god, like he did the guest question for Wes, but we haven't had him on the show. So I'm stoked that we are uh, chatting today. I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked yes, to excited. chat as well. <laughs> well, I have to ask, I know you're different time zones, so it's not necessarily lunchtime, but the most important question of the day is what you have or what you had for lunch. Oh, uh, let's see. Had a pretty light lunch today, like a hundred boiled peanuts that, uh, dairy made we have a peanut field like right behind the, no the park way. and yeah don't tell anybody but dairy goes out there sometimes and steals peanuts and makes his own homemade blends and so today i've pretty much just been eating boiled peanuts all day and i haven't even oh, thought dang. about one <laughs> <laughs> dang that's insane a peanut field do they grow on is it a tree or is it a bush it's like a little bush and then you pull it out and it's just all under underground oh and you just weird. gotta wash off the peanuts and everything dude the more good. you know that's rad well all right we'll get yeah, right into it then oh no no go what's up oh the boiled peanuts are a southern delicacy down here i don't know if you guys have them up there but it's pretty much if you ever come down to the south you always have to get some boiled peanuts for sure I'll keep that in mind because yeah, that I don't really think that's a thing around here unless I'm completely disconnected from from the peanut world, yeah. but I've never heard of it. So <laughs> it sounds good. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> All right. We're gonna jump straight in with your story. That's how I like to start these interviews because I think that's really important to share how everybody got started in the wake world. So tell me about your first wake experience, the first time you strapped into a wakeboard. What was that like? Uh, it was, it was exciting. I had been, I had been doing like water skiing, snow skiing, uh, kneeboarding, 
all the water sports. My dad's really into slalom skiing and barefooting and pretty much all the water sports also. And uh, once I think my cousins or something came out and they brought a wakeboard and it was like, I was a little kid. So I was obviously like the last person that was going to get to try it. And then at the end of the day, they finally were like, anybody else want to try it? And I was just like the first one down to try. And I think I got up like my sec, my third try maybe, or something like that. Something really old, way too big, but I was pretty excited about that. And then I think that year, my parents found a wakeboard on the side of the road. This was up in Minnesota. Yeah. And, uh, I think they like re-gifted it to my older sister as like a birthday present or something because <laughs> I don't know but I ended up basically kind of taking over this wakeboard I still have it but um yeah it was it it was that was pretty much I think that wakeboard was really when I started to kind of get hooked on it but I was already really intrigued like watching everybody try it that first day when my cousins brought it out it was like I was just, I couldn't wait to try it. It was the most exciting thing to me at the time that I could even think of. I was ecstatic. <laughs> Rad, that's cool. Um, so when you, you know, kind of took over this board from your sister, you started writing. What were those years of kind of, I could only imagine there was a lot of progression happening then. What was kind of, you know, the snowball effect of your skills growing and, and learning so much more um, behind the boat or, However, wherever you're riding, I'm assuming you started behind a boat. Yep, yep, for yeah. sure. It was behind a boat, the old ski boat. My uh, my dad had like a ski eliminator. I don't know if anybody knows. I'm sure some of the OGs will know about that brand, but it was uh, it was a totally just ski boat. And um, the progression was really slow. I mean, I didn't <laughs> even know. I didn't know that there was like a wakeboarding like. To me, it was just another thing to do. I was just into just doing all the things. So I didn't even know that there was like a wakeboarding tournament or anything yeah. like that. I was just like, uh, I just, I guess it was just like me, my dad, and a couple of my cousins in the summertime. And then eventually we moved to Georgia and we would spend all the summers up there. So it was like, on weekends or in the summer but we were just basically trying to like teach ourselves how to do stuff like yeah. I remember we had like sandal bindings on there and I remember just wanting to learn like a 360 and I'd never seen anybody do it and it was like we were literally just all the stuff was already happening out there like yeah. all the you know buyerly and everybody but like we were just like in our own world had no idea what was going on and so I remember like taking our fin off because me and my dad were like I think if we take this huge fin off we'll be <laughs> able to like spin off the top of the wake and like do 360s and it was like a whole summer of us just getting roasted behind the boat <laughs> trying 360s like the complete wrong way and uh yeah I think the next summer maybe it was that summer uh, there was a certain year that we just like literally blew out every insert on the board. It might've been the second board we got. It was like the first twin tip we had. The first one was a directional. And uh, I think it was just like, we'd blow an insert out and just move the binding to the next insert, blow that insert out, move the binding to the next insert and just until we were completely out. And then 
the first like real wakeboard I ever got was a gator board actually is I mean the other ones were real wakeboards but like this was like the first one that was like I like this was a big deal to me because this is like an independent company and I was like starting to understand like how it all worked and getting the magazines and all that at that point and uh it was actually because once I realized that I wasn't just making up wakeboarding by myself (laughs) with my dad I uh I my some other cousin or somebody came out and was like pretty much I guess they were sponsored by gator boards or uh, some some sort of plug with gator boards and they came out and just like blew everyone's minds he like I think he like brought his own fat sacks he he had all the bells and whistles and it was like oh my gosh, you can do flips on this thing. Oh my gosh, you can do flips with 360s on this thing. Oh my gosh, you can do Supermans. It was like insane. And then he taught me a backflip, a tantrum that first day. It took me a little bit, but, and then after that, I was like totally hooked. And we were already about to get a new board. I think that was like the same week that we had blown out the last inserts on our board. And so he brought his board for us all to ride. So got the got the board and from then I was pretty hooked I think I think at that point I was probably in like ninth grade I probably started like wakeboarding when I was in like fourth or fifth grade that's fast yeah made up our own thing I got a cassette deck on eBay like right when they came out I was just like fully submerged in like doing doing stuff behind a boat but not having any clue how to do any of it <laughs> yeah totally when did you kind of start figuring out that there were you know you mentioned like you kind of it clicked that there were other people out there doing these things and did you start kind of following along with like pros that were out there like in the magazines and stuff yeah I think um probably like after once I like realized it was a, really that gator board situation like somebody told me this kid was like sponsored and then that made me like look into like what a wakeboard company was basically outside of just like they're just like selling them in like Overton's or something like that you know to me that was like it you know I just like oh if they have it it's probably good you know and uh so that was the first time that I really like got a taste of like the actual culture i got to go to like a board shop that had all the new gator boards and they were a new company too it was like the first year i think they existed and uh and up in minnesota i think they had a few guys who were like riding for them so there's like a a bunch of them out there so that kind of like pulled me in and then i just started like buying all these videos on on ebay and i I bought a whole like a package deal of these Canadian videos, like Canadian bacon, um, oh, sea monkeys. Oh, and I know they, that one. There's like three. They were like maybe a trilogy or something, or they were all made by the same people. But <laughs> those are insane. Just like that had obviously been those. They were a little older when I got them, so it was crazy to see how much like stuff people had already done that I didn't even know about and then I guess it was like around that time that 
Welcome came out, that uh, Hyperlight video where they went to Radar Lake. And that was kind of the first time I saw like rails and it was that video. I, I got that one on eBay and just pretty much had it in the Xbox or whatever on repeat and fell asleep probably with that thing playing every single (laughs) night and uh yeah it was really I mean kind of just that first interaction just like opened my my whole world up to like there's like riders that are like people know who they are and stuff out there I just had you know no real idea of like the industry side of it I just thought it was like an activity yeah right I know yeah to a lot of people it's just you know what you do on the weekends but to people you know once you figure out that there's this like whole world it's it's mind-blowing you mentioned you you know you saw rails and stuff in that video what when did you ride at like a cable park or when did you hit like a feature for like the first time how old were you um I think when I was in high school uh the first feature maybe there was this like I outside of Atlanta, kind of country, kind of suburban area, but like a big mud pit, basically. And all these kids would take their off-road trucks and all their lifted, (laughs) jacked up Jeeps and everything and go get stuck out there and pull each other out and have a great time. And uh, it would always flood. So I got a buddy who had like some jacked up Jeep and a picnic table and kind of set it up. I think I was probably like, sophomore in high school or something like this the probably the year I could drive or my friends could drive (laughs) and you know set it up because I didn't know anything about winching or anything like that at the time and so or I don't even know if it existed yet but yeah we just probably picnic table in the mud pit behind a jeep and then at some point my parents had a lake house in South Carolina like a little a little spot that had like an island across from it and I had this my dad helped me build this rail it's just a flat bar and it it had huge legs on it with t-posts so it could like stand on the bottom and all these like concrete buckets to weigh it in and I was dedicated to using it for sure but it was like every time I wanted to pull this thing out, it's only like 16 feet long and probably like this high of an ollie if we set it up <laughs> where where I wanted it or something. And and I just remember like every time I wanted to set this thing up, all of my friends <laughs> who were there just like, for real, oh, like, why do <laughs> we got to set this thing up? Yeah. <laughs> it took every single person to like take it in and back out and I think one day the DNR found it or something, and it's probably just the uh, a blessing in disguise because we were wasting a whole lot of time. <laughs> Dude, that's rad. I had no idea. You gotta work for it, you know. For sure, we there's been a lot of a lot of those, uh, specifically at my parents' lake house, where go on some insane mission to get some box or some material or some handrail that's sitting on a bank unattended or something and then you build this rail session it for a day and go back the next day and it's totally gone and you've like spent like three days to even get whatever it was built or set up and then you only got to ride it for like one session and then (laughs) totally gone 
Back but, to square one again. Got to start over. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about you know hitting hitting some rails and stuff like that. You worked at Popper Lake. I did. I did for two summers. Yeah. I mean, you're all the way over there, and Popper's all the way over here. What made you pack up and come over here for the summer to work there? Uh, at that time I was in college, um, here in Valdosta and this was like the time where we kind of didn't have access to a boat at all. Mm -hmm. And I just, we were in the wakeboard club team. My buddy, Chris, he was a year older than me, maybe two. And, and he, I think found it maybe on like wake world or something way back then when like the forums were a big thing. Yeah. And uh, he found the job offer or something, and he was like, "Dude, we should we should do this." And we had been riding at Gravity Gravity Research Compound, which is like an hour and forty five minutes north of Valdosta. That's uh, Cross's backyard, basically. He was just a little a little baby back then, but um, we we were we were really into the rails at that point. Like it was all kind of that was what we were doing like i think we had we were into winching by then we were like building our own winch spots in valdosta because there's nowhere to ride here yeah. um and so it's kind of like a lot of people like moved to florida and all that in the summer times to work and ride and do all that so that was kind of we're really close to florida but that was kind of our way of doing that but like going somewhere different and yeah and it was kind of like too good to be true because there's nobody really knew about it. I mean, if you knew, you knew, but like mm -hmm. the rails were just as good, if not crazier than anywhere else out there is like a secret gem. So I feel like I always have thought that it was such a unique and cool opportunity to be able to go and ride there because that it, the culture that was there too is like, non-existent really or people don't if it does people don't know about it so much where it's like i don't know the leftover like slalom ski culture sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't know it's kind of one of the one of the bright spots in that in that whole the slalom ski culture i guess you could say it's it's pretty cool just it's kind of like this place but there's boats running all day every day and yeah it was it was sick Lots of crazy stuff happened up there. Yeah, I, I remember when I was real little, my my neighborhood, they had a boat and they, you know, wakeboarded and stuff. She would always tell me like, yeah, we ride at this lake and it looks like like coffee. Like we it looks like like milky coffee. And I was like, you're making that up. It's not, there's no way, like that doesn't make any sense. And then I got a job here and it all like, I was like, oh my God, that's what she was talking about. So like it yeah. clicked for me. I figured out that it was a real place and it did exist. So that's it, awesome. It was cool. It was like the only place I ever heard of where you just, I mean, I'm sure they existed all over just in their own little worlds, but I never heard of a place where you could just go down and pay by the pass, like in the boat. It was like $4 down, $4 back or something. And you could only do two, you couldn't, not get back to the dock so you had to do two passes so it was just like such a it's like buying a cable pass but the boat's just running all day you know it's like you run until you run out of passes out there 
but yeah totally yeah. and you did not one but two what made you you know what made you come back for another summer um i mean the people like all the all the homies up there i made really i became really close with um a lot of like the local washington and oregon riders that were riding for aws at the time the cardoza zach schneider dan i mean it was just like fun um really good time and uh i don't know it's it was cool to get to that part of the country and once i got out there it was is something that i feel like everybody should definitely experience at least like visiting because it's just it's different from anywhere else for sure yeah, and totally. uh, yeah that second year i got offered the manager or head coach or something one of nice. a higher position where i was like nice. okay and uh yeah everything went pretty pretty smooth i, I did run a boat into the bank one time ah. and <laughs> i thought i was i thought i was gonna get fired for sure but i also was doing it just to like save this kid because he was trying to get the best bang for his buck you know he wanted to get one last trick on his second mm. pass and he didn't pay for the next one and it <laughs> If you did the turn, if you did the turn as somebody was hitting the wake at the last second, they would get whipped into that dock there. So I had to like hold it straight and uh, ended up parking it right up on the on the side. But they were very understanding. And <laughs> yeah, you had a heroic moment. Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. terrified. Though. <laughs> terrified. Yeah, that sounds traumatizing. <laughs> I think the boat was okay though. Oh, the boat was pretty much okay. oh, it was like crap. soft mud <laughs> yeah yeah true the, it's all mucky so yeah but it wasn't too bad but okay we'll jump into you know i want to talk about how Veldosta started so i'm going to make you start at the very beginning when it was just a little idea in your head and it grew into what it is now so let's hear it from the beginning all right all right <laughs> i've told this one a few times so it should be easy um <laughs> Basically, me and uh, my business partner, Luke Tilt, uh, we were college roommates on the same wakeboard team that uh, I was talking about earlier at Valdosta. And our senior year, June, end of junior year, maybe at some point, we were just always talking. We Fuel TV was really big, Camp Woodward, all that stuff. There's a bunch of really like cool, like extreme sports shows out at the time. So we were always just like talking about if we had the opportunity to do something like a Woodward or something like that, like this or Cable Park is, it was uh, literally something we talked about all the time. And then at a certain point, I got, I got like a legitimate sponsorship with Slingshot. So I was super motivated yeah, and yeah. We kind of were like, well, we don't want, none of us want to work a traditional <laughs> nine to five job. Um, so let's try to figure out how to make this work. We, we kind of like agreed that we would spend at least one evening per week to just like write down all of the ideas that we would have yeah. and like just talk about them and, you know, elaborate on them and everything. So we did that, which was pretty easy because, I mean, we were already like all amped up about everything. So yeah. it was pretty, pretty easy to do. Um, and 
then by the time we graduated, we kind of had like enough for a pretty legit business plan. And uh, so we, we kind of, I had, I was, that was sort of a time in my life where I was trying to figure out the pro wakeboarding route and all that too. So we kind of uh, agreed that we'd graduate and kind of do our things individually. He was going to get his, he was going to get a job um, kind of in the corporate world. He was a business major. And then I was going to pursue the wakeboarding a little bit just to see what kind of opportunities open. And we would basically in like six months circle back, but the whole time be trying to figure out how to make this park work. So eventually it wasn't that long that we ended up coming back, but I graduated, went to, got to go on some wakeboard trips, got to go to Europe and see a bunch of cable parks um, like that have been around for decades pretty much. So um, I really, that got, all the juices flowing and when I came back Luke was already over the corporate life so all the (laughs) finding was working out and uh so pretty much while we were in that like post-college transitional phase he was working the the nine to five I was working on the business plan and he was as well and uh I mean we already kind of had it laid out as just organizing and all that and then shopping it around and then once we were able to get some funding, then uh, we we found the land, and that, that was a whole nother story, but ended up finding the land. They had the little pond at the front of our driveway, and so we kind of agreed with the landowner that while we sorted out all the red tape to dig the big park and make what VWC is today, we would just start in that little pond and kind of like generate some interest with the 2.0s so mm-hmm. we got that rolling and and pretty much we were there for three and a half four years or something like that and got everything figured out to buy the land in the back and the rest is pretty much history yeah totally well when you were kind of getting everything figured out you know getting that funding were there you know I'm assuming you had to people were investing in what you were doing or how was that how did that work Yep. Um, we had to find investors and get a bank loan. Um, I had taken all of my savings, sold stock and like pretty much everything that I had to my name put into it. Um, and the, the beginning park was pretty, pretty feasible to pull off. Um, but then, getting the big part we had to get like the big bank loan and and all that um so it it was that was definitely the hardest part we got we like I said we started off trying to do this from the beginning the big park was always the goal so um we were talking to one bank for two years and they they only meet for for their approval meeting once a year so you have like a banker and he's like trying to push your idea to the board so that it gets unanimously voted on to where they okay it Mm -hmm. and if one person says no then you don't get it so the first year one person said no 
And it was really just because they didn't understand what it was. And yeah, yeah. our banker was the one who's telling us all this information. We're not even able to be there. So it's just like, you just hear what they say. And yeah. he basically assured us that our ne that the next year is going to be a shoe-in. <laughs> so we worked on it, tuned it up even more over the next year, had to wait a whole year. And uh, the banker ends up going coming back the day that we we're like in our minds supposedly getting our loan he calls us and he's like uh, bank president and he uh he just threw out all of all of the proposals that had been brought from the year before under the old bank president he just said we're not going to revisit any of those so it was like a whole year wasted Holy. and uh, yeah, the only reason that we were going toward all town banks was because uh, everybody kind of told us that it would be better for our business to support local and everything, but it turned mm -hmm. out to be the exact opposite. And yeah. the first bank that we like researched and found that was in Atlanta took our <laughs> took our loan and made it happen. So. <laughs> It was a kind of a whole thing where it was just um, I wish we would have done that from the beginning, but if we yeah. had if we had, we probably wouldn't have learned what we learned and may not be where we are today. So it's probably a blessing in disguise, honestly. But yeah, it was frustrating at the time for sure. I yeah, I can only imagine. That's a good way to look at it though. So it sounds like, yeah, for the startup, that was you know, a huge challenge and a really big barrier that you guys had to overcome and, and break through going in more to like the progression of it and growing it. Like, were there anything else that was kind of challenging or that was like, oh man, like, is it worth it? Did you ever question it? You know? Um, I get not really question <laughs> it. <laughs> not really. It's always been kind of like we've, we've always wanted to be the park that that every every rider wants to ride at not not just any park because i mean yeah. when we were when we were building the park it was like times were different people all the people who had odub down there didn't they all took it for granted basically and probably rightfully so because the management wasn't things just weren't as progressive. So it was like everybody who went to O-Dub all the time still talked shit about O-Dub all the time. <laughs> and so like, we wanted to be the park that every rider, no matter how good they were or not, we wanted every rider to want to come there and to be like happy to, you know, be a part of being there yeah. type thing. So the, the goal, I mean, obviously the goal is to make money for sure. And it's definitely a lot harder to do it when you don't have like the aqua park and the restaurant and like all the stuff that takes a bunch of capital to start, but can just generate a bunch of money. Yeah. It's the heart of it's always been in like the progression of wakeboarding and wakeskating. And we've always been pretty set on the fact that like, that's what made this place so special and makes it so special. So um, whether, you know, we're scraping by or 
or killing it, I think we've always had the the same sort of outlook that it's like always been worth it and and never never really looked back because kind of once we decided to do it, I don't think we ever looked back because it was like I don't know, it was so scary that you just you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you're like, don't turn around, just keep going. <laughs> no. It's yeah, it's like you you just I guess we're doing this, and then you just like jump into the deep end and you just have to swim no matter what there's not really like a safety net so it's kind of uh kind of weird but like once you're in that position of like there's no choice at this point like i've already like for me anyway it was like i already had put in put like every single backup plan investment or whatever i had set aside everything was put into that and and so it just felt like, okay, this is happening. Or if it crashes and burns, I'm going to crash and burn too. Cause I got nothing else to lose type of thing. So yeah. I think that's always been the mentality just to keep us, to keep us our heads, like, you know, straight ahead and not second guessing it. Cause yeah, I mean, we've definitely, definitely had some trials and tribulations out here, but it's all learning. It's all a learning process. And it's all helped us become a better park, you know, every one of those things. Totally. So. I remember when I uh, got to sit down and talk with Wes, he was kind of talking about not only are you guys this super awesome, you know, park, you've got a lot of other really cool things that go on where you're at that sets you guys apart from other places. So I'd like to kind of hear your, you know, like after hours, what goes on, what, you know, that sort of thing. I'd love to know more about that. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's pretty seasonal on like the after hours activity out here it depends on who's in town and, and what time of year and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, we have a pretty solid community of, of our crew that lives out here. Temp yeah, everybody's like in and out different times of year. Sometimes yeah. like right now we have a pretty stacked crew, even though Wes just had to run to Mexico for a a couple weeks to quarantine with Cena, but we still got like Trav, Cross, Derry, and Coty are here for the week. Yeah. They just happen to be here. Um, and this last weekend was just PWL, so it was just everyone was here. So it's just pretty interesting that we have so many people that stay out here at different times. So yeah, like sometimes you could come out and there'd be total ghost town after hours and sometimes yeah. you can come out and be like what is going on Everybody, <laughs> everybody's raging and uh it's you know pretty it just kind of depends on what's going on this last weekend was pretty wild we had a ton of people here but yeah um when it's just the crew and we have filming or just regular life stuff going on it's pretty mellow but there's mm -hmm. some good stuff around here that like the uh we're only two hours from jacksonville which is nice big sort of city even though yeah. it's like gangland right now but um but then there's like endless amounts of springs I mean, 30 minutes from here i'd, I'd say yeah. 30 minutes to an hour you could probably hit like 15 different springs and uh so and we're close to everything else Atlanta, Orlando, yeah, all, the, yeah. all the other hot spots. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
you never really know what you're going to get into out here. But uh, I like that. I think that's good. You never good. know who you're going to run into. Like today, we got all the boat, all the young, up and coming boat kids are all here. Like Sam Brown, uh, Kai and Ulf Dish, Luca Kid, uh, Daniel Miles. They're all out here right now. I think that's the whole crew. But, oh, rad. Yeah, you, you never know. That's, um, they started a little group, I've noticed. I think they got some cool things that are going to come out of that. So I'm stoked to see where they go. Yeah, yeah. They're all really good riders. And Daniel's really good with the camera. Yeah, I'm excited. The new wave of boat riders is sick. Oh, cool. That's cool here. I'd love to... <laughs> get a little more detail on on why you say that uh i think they just are putting a little bit of style into stuff doing doing some different stuff i mean everybody's got their thing that makes them sick um i don't know it's it's hard to say but you know <laughs> anything between you know that replicates something similar to some trevor mauer josh 12 maneuvers yeah uh we like that and uh yeah i don't know they they, they just kind of got some sauce now <laughs> i <they're>, love it and <laughs> they're not i i like watching like not the contest as much nothing against it but i mean the contests are insane with like the combos of triple or double flips like yeah back to back and in 1080s and everything but just watching like their posts and like individual tricks behind boats and stuff it's totally blows my, blows my mind but it's a world i'm not not so <laughs> not so <laughs> submerged in so yeah wild well i want to touch you know thanks for that info but i do want to kind of touch back we talked about when you got started with slingshot obviously that's a huge uh you know part of your life i'd kind of like to know how that relationship started and how it's kind of progressed over the years and where you guys are at now. Well, it actually started at Copper Lake. Uh, Dad. Yeah. So Eric was my boss, Eric Sund. And uh, I had, when I got there, they had maybe 20 boards. They were all boat boards and they were thrashed. And they're like, these are the rail boards if you want to hit the rails. So yeah. if you don't want to mess up your board, you can use any of these. So I broke every one of those boards <laughs> and my, my own board. And I was like, the year before I had seen Slingshot, I might have been the only person who found their website in history of anybody. I was so such a wakeboard nerd at the time and still am, I guess. But um, I found their website. They didn't even have a product. It was just like a red screen. Colin Wright walks by. It was just his silhouette. And he just like flexes this board in okay. silhouette. And it was just like, what am I looking at? So I was fascinated. And when I got to Copper, they had all the Slingshot stuff because it was the year Slingshot had released. So I'd broken all these boards. And or I guess it was the year after they released. So this was 2008. And they came out in 2007. Yeah. So I ended up breaking the boards and then we were able to ride anything out of the shop that we wanted behind the boat, but not on the rails. So I was ripping like every slingshot model, trying every size, just like demoing it all. Yeah. And 
I just couldn't wait to ride them on the rails. And after I'd broken all my boards, finally my boss, Eric, called Greg Kish, who is now like, I want to say he's like the vice president of Slingshot. And it really wasn't even his job at the time to like yeah. flow me. I don't know. I don't know how they knew each other, but obviously somehow through AWS, but um, he just sent me like a blend 2007 board. And so that was the first board I ever got from Slingshot. And uh, I rode that all summer. And then my buddy, Chris, who was the one who went out there with me originally, he ended up breaking it at the end of the summer, which was okay. Cause I broke like, 10 of his boards before that um and uh yeah from there I just I was like there's no other company I'm trying to ride for I'll just like keep keep pushing this until the day I die and uh I pretty much have kind of stuck to it it was not as easy after that um I don't know it was like I don't I don't remember I know names but some some the old team manager and and they just weren't so I guess enthusiastic about about me or I don't really even know but I was I was definitely grinding pretty hard and I was just annoying the hell out of them (laughs) all the time and um yeah eventually I kind of was doing this thing where I was talking to them and I was kind of talking to them through Travis Probst it was it was just a years later maybe two years later or something trying to get like a legitimate contract and then eventually it was like they stopped responding and then I started talking to this other company and then that was all looking really good and then they stopped responding and it was like right when they stopped Slingshot started responding again and then when they stopped responding again, the other one, it was like a back and forth, like three times with both companies. And then by the end of it, Slingshot had hit me up finally. And I was like, and it was like the team manager or the, uh, the rep at the time, Matt Sexton, big shout out to him. And uh, he was like ready to give me a contract. So I signed that. And then the next day, the other company hit me up. And was like, <laughs> We're ready to sign you on a contract. And I was, it blew my mind. I was like, the world is so crazy. How it works. <laughs> because it was literally the next day. It was like, finally, I'm doing something. And I don't even remember what the contract was. It was like probably for two boards a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was beyond stoked at the time. So um, yeah, stuck with them. Yeah. Ever since then, they were a hard okay. nut to crack them, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a battle. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it was like the Wild West back then. Cable, all all the, there were no rules. There was Z-Ching. There was just huge baggy board shorts. It was just like, it was, nobody nobody knew what, what was yeah. going on yet. So. <laughs> I feel like that's a good way to describe myself, it. Myself included, too. It was literally just free-for-all out there. Yeah. Thank God for wakes each coming along and straighten everybody out a little bit. <laughs> get everybody in line and get you guys more dialed on stuff. Yeah. I can't even watch an old video. Like, I watch any old videos of myself. I'm like, God, I wish I could just take this off of YouTube. <laughs> it's so bad. 
Oh, that's so funny. Well, you've got the, uh, you know, you've, you've had what it's the space tomb and the coalition. How long have you guys had those boards being made over the years? Is it three? Am I right? We had, we had a limited edition coalition in 2017. Okay. That was also the last year that Slingshot did the reflex, which was the board that the coalition became. Okay. Um, that was the board that me and Wes were riding uh, yeah. predominantly. And so that was 2018, I guess, was the first one. And then we got the first tomb came in 2020. So 2019 was just the coalition again. And then 2020, we had the pink tomb yeah. with the pharaoh alien and uh and then the i guess 2020 wait 2021 yeah i get so confused with all these the board graphics <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and we're like testing out 23 stuff and gets Crazy. confusing but anyway 2021 was the the two graphics where they're like connected the yeah skin peeling off yeah that's um, sick yeah so that was also the tomb and the coalition and then 2023 we have or 2022 we have uh the coalition and there's a couple uh upgrades to it bigger size nice. um nothing too crazy because it's already just such a good standard yeah. board yeah um and then the the Space Raider is actually the other board for 2022. Okay. And it's just the next. The goal with the Space Tomb was always to just kind of change the shape and yeah. keep it different every year. So we got a new shape coming. The oh, new graphic exciting. is like my favorite graphic probably ever that Wes has done is on the Space Raider. Nice. Um, and... Uh, and the new space mob boots are as fresh as it gets right now. And uh, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of good stuff coming 2022 and then 2023. There's yeah. some good stuff coming down the pike. So heck yeah. Well, I hope you and Wes do a little uh, board overview and review because you guys are absolutely hilarious when you do those. I, <laughs> I think I've watched last year's too many times to count and it still makes me laugh so i'll be expecting <laughs> one of those please okay <laughs> yes absolutely we we definitely vibe when we get on camera for sure Gosh, you um, guys are awesome <laughs> that's definitely on our list of things to do i i actually had a a tear in my bicep a yeah. couple months ago so I didn't have a chance. They did all the filming for the product stuff out in Europe this year. So okay. that was like, while well, I was down. So mm -hmm. I don't have a very big presence in the product videos this year. So there will definitely be some uh, tech talk kind of videos with us just kind of going over some of the specs on the, the boards and the boots and everything. So yeah, um, nice. You can look forward to that. That's for sure. I can't wait. Yeah. Speaking of your, your arm, I remember when we were in Orlando, you had like bionic arm going on. I don't see that. Are you out of that brace thing now? Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was kind of the last day, last week slash day. They had just told me I could take it off. I think the day before I was down there. 
but okay. I didn't, I'm not so, I wasn't so used to not having it on to where I felt super comfortable, it. like yeah. going out and partying. Like I, I was fine with it. I was fine without it on, but I just didn't want to be like partying or anything basically with, without <laughs> yeah. it. It's kind of a good reminder that your arm is messed up and yeah, you don't right. need to be trying to do a handstand or something like that. So, you know, just Smart. trying to keep myself, keep myself safe out there. And uh, really? yeah, but it's getting better. Got a big scar. Right yeah. There. You got a scar to show for it for sure. Remind me, it yeah. was, you told, oh, what did you, you told us, and now I'm like drawing a blank as we're talking about it. How did it happen? Uh, we were filming, and I was doing a trick into sort of a, a waterfall bank, like a big spillway, but from the side. Yeah. And I thought I was, I thought I was about to just ride away, and I was passing the handle, and when I got about, mm. when I got to here, my arm just kind of, when I let it out straight, it just popped. And it was a definite something I had, I'd never felt before, but immediately knew I tore my bicep. It was like the first thing I said when I came up from, from the water was I tore my bicep and I happened to be right about it, which oh, sucks. Oh man, yeah, that's a <laughs> lame thing to be right about, but I'm glad, uh, yeah. I'm glad it's getting better and you don't have bionic arm anymore, that's good. Yeah, it's it's definitely getting there. I've been doing some one arm wakeboarding out there, and uh, <laughs> we're about to go to West Rock this weekend to do a little oh. premiere and and ride our feature that they just got. So, I'll I'll be doing some one arm riding. Nice, but nothing too crazy. Still still on the recovery right now. That's okay. We're uh, you know. I want to touch on, because you just talked about the premiere and everything like that. How was that event releasing uh, the coalition, the trilogy? That's crazy. Congratulations on that. So rad. Thank you. I remember Thank watching you. that, uh, the bail reel that you guys like released beforehand. And I was like, dude, if this doesn't get you hyped to see what this is going to be like, then you've got issues. So, you know, how was the yeah. premiere? How did it go? Oh, it went so good. There had to have been like a hundred at least a hundred people maybe in our skate park yeah. and uh it was the night of the finals of the pwl so everybody was yeah. already all jazzed up dude yeah and, that's uh, a big weekend yeah it was it was cool and you know got got a lot of hype from everybody it sounded like everyone was really stoked on it i'm really stoked on it it's definitely the the best part i've ever put out i think nice. and I would probably say that about everybody's part in in the movie from my from where I stand that's how I feel about it um and yeah it's it was a blast uh like you said the the crash reel really gets you hyped up to see what else is out there even the yeah. beer lady at the premiere thing was was asking if I could replay the crash reel <laughs> she didn't even Dude. know what she was looking at she was so <laughs> rad i loved her yeah she gave yeah, me she so was much cool. shit because I, I, I didn't walk up with my id and she was like mm, i don't i'm gonna have to see that i was like okay fair <laughs> like i don't blame you <laughs> you're doing your job <laughs> uh, yeah yes that's funny yeah she, she was, was a homie she was, cool. she was a homie she was like putting us on to everybody she's like 
afterwards like everybody that i saw that didn't actually see the bail reel she was telling them about it <laughs> and yeah it was pretty funny so when, so when somebody random. who doesn't know what's going on is into it then you know you've at least got <laughs> something worth checking out <laughs> dude totally oh that's so funny i had no idea she was doing that that's awesome yeah it was pretty <laughs> funny the, wanna... some of the go that? ahead no you go ahead Oh, I was just saying some of the, the people were like trying to get us to replay it again. And um, I think we just had to cap it because Cole had Cole wasn't wasn't trying to work all night up there, you know. Yeah, right. He's like, there's other things to go do now. So Yeah. That's so funny. Okay, I wanna ask, you know, where most of the filming was done for this last movie. Um well all over it's all winching so there's mm -hmm. not any any park clips in there there are clips at the park but not winch or not on the cable just winching um so a few spots are in valdosta a lot around florida jacksonville gainesville cool. uh tallahassee maybe um atlanta kind of in between Valdosta and Atlanta. We went to Ohio for two weeks, um, North Carolina a couple times, South Carolina a couple times. Yeah, you guys were all um, over. I, yeah, Wes, got, <laughs> Wes and Sina got clips in Germany. Darian Coty and Jesse Jarrett got clips in, in Canada. Oh, God. So, some of the friends section clips are from like Estonia and um, yeah, kind of everywhere. Just, That's so cool. but it is pretty local though, I would say. I mean, yeah, there's definitely like the bigger trips were definitely bigger trips, but I would say the, the majority of the, of the movie is filmed somewhere around the Southeastern oh, United yeah. States. Nice. So. Okay. And how do you guys, you know, it, like so fresh with all the different things that you do how do you like continue to pick these spots and you know certain tricks that you're doing things you're hitting like i would never look at a concrete wall and be like oh yeah i could do this like well you know like i would not think like that so how do you guys like how do you do that it's crazy um i don't know i guess we've been doing it for so long now and just try you just see stuff that other people don't necessarily see uh it's definitely inspired by snowboarding and skateboarding for me definitely very snowboard inspired um and i don't know i you just the biggest thing about winching is it, it's so easy to go to a spot and just say like oh this isn't quite right mm -hmm. uh if only it was like this but like, it's not. So yeah. it, you're either going to hit it or you're not. So for me, it's like, I'm trying to find any possible way to hit that spot versus like, I wish it was a little bit better. So yeah, like, yeah. it's winching. It is like, to find a perfect spot is impossible. Like, even the most perfect spot could be better when you're winching. Totally. So it's like, I don't know. That's kind of the biggest part about it is, is or for us anyways being able to find so many spots a lot of other people who winch would probably 
roll up to some of the spots to say, oh, that's not really a spot. Or I I wish it, if it was like this, I would want to hit it. But trying to find a way to hit it and not really like sacrificing it being cool. Like if it's not worth it, then we yeah. just won't hit it. But, yeah, you know, try trying to like weigh out all the different ways you could possibly hit it. And even if it doesn't have anything to do with the water, you just find like a, a perp. You maybe you wanted to hit something going this way with the water, and the grass over the water going this way looks way cooler. Yeah. And you just, yeah, it's it's just uh, it's fun. That's the best part about it is like you you and your friends going out, and you don't really know what you're gonna roll up to, and then when you get there, you have to figure out how to make it work. And even if it's cut and dry, and it's like this is the spot. We just have to jump down it. Mm-hmm. You have to find out how to, you have to find a spot for the winch. You have to find a spot to put the pulley. Yeah. If you can't put the winch in front of it, it's like complex problem solving and puzzle making. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, seriously. And then to, yeah, to grab onto the handle and just get ripped one direction and hope it works out. I mean, that's, it's crazy. Like that, uh, the park bench, it's a bench, right? That you were hitting like you released that clip the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. Like over and over again, just getting tossed on your back. It's like that's crazy. And then for that to not even be like the one, I can't imagine that yeah. that's frustrating. Yeah, it was. It's really <laughs> frustrating. Yeah, that one. There's, you know, it's the problem is, is when you're in the moment and it's all you're all hyped up and you put so much effort in it's easy to kind of like blind yourself to like the small flaws where you like mm-hmm. look at the clip and it's on a tiny little screen when you're at the spot and you look at the clip and you're like, yeah, you know, I'm cool with, you know, like on that clip you're talking about, like, is like a, like head bounce. Like if I would yeah. like smoothly transition to where my board hit like this and I stood up, that's what I was really looking for. But like at the spot, I'd gone so many times. It was really hot because I was wearing that like sweatsuit and it wasn't really winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was just, you know, I was just ready to be done and got what I thought was it. Glanced at it. You know, I was like, oh, it's good. And like saw the head bounce and everything. And it was a little <laughs> haggard. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like it like that. And then looking back on it, I'm like, you know, when I watch it, I can't. I can't not see the head bounce now. And mm-hmm. uh, it really just kind of took Wes, Wes editing to like help me lose the luster of just doing it kind of thing. So it's mm-hmm. like, he had to be the one to first be like, yeah, I was gonna put it in. And then I kind of watched <laughs> it and it was a little chunky. And then I'm like, yeah, let me rewatch it. Like, and he's, you know, we work together on all this stuff. He's not going to just be like, no, it's not going in type thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a, like a, why didn't you put that in? Is like, you know, afterwards, I always know, everybody knows that stuff may not make it in. Even if you think it was good and it just doesn't go well with what you got going on in your part. So I don't know. I, I definitely, definitely reached out to Wes about that clip. And then once he kind of pointed out how chunky it was and I had I hadn't really watched that clip in you know months or yeah I don't remember how long ago that was but it had been a long time so I I re-watched it and I was like yeah I mean if it was you know me right now I would, re- I would refilm it all day but you know mm-hmm. in the moment I just like let myself get too hyped up and uh, it, 
it was just we were on a trip too, like hammering out spots it was a three-day trip or something like that and i think that day we hit like three different spots in one day or something and it was just me wes and cena so for that day so it was like we were all you know amped up that we were going to be able to probably get to another spot that was the second spot of the day so it was like oh i just got my clip now we're going the next spot so i don't know it's frustrating but it's also you learn from it because you know next time i will definitely be way more cautious about accepting a clip that could be (laughs) on the questionable side sometimes something's funky about a clip and you like it and you're like you know i kind of like the the way my head bounced it made it look cool but like but then sometimes it's not you know (laughs) so i don't know it's it's that's the beauty of the winch thing though is like you to nobody can just go out there and take it from you really like if if somebody wants to go put in the same amount of work that you put in to do something to like to do the same thing or something better or whatever then they do it so there's no like beef or anything like that because you're not you're not taking anything from somebody and if you're putting in the effort to like get a spot prepared and like make it a real hittable spot and somebody else goes back and hits it then you should be even more stoked because you've like created a thing that's that wasn't a thing before kind of but yeah it's I definitely will be uh a little more picky about (laughs) my clips for the next one (laughs) but honestly there's only two clips two clips of all of mine I think that didn't get used that I was that I was like really stoked on that one. And then we actually ended up using the other one. And the other one was just because it was, it was just a different thing. It wasn't like a real (laughs) trick per se. Yeah. No, it's like a really tight, I'll I'll spoiler alert it. It's a really tight turnaround inside of a boathouse. So it didn't really like, it was hard to find the place to put it. So like, you know, like, the boat garage or whatever it's got mm-hmm. like a two boat garage under a okay. house so I like did a turnaround in there and to me it was like the sickest thing ever Dude, but, yeah. <laughs> but but it you know hard to translate and it also didn't it that was all it was it wasn't like I did this full line of like rails and turn around it was just a turnaround but I found to get it in there and I think uh think people will be hyped on it too so sweet we always I'm excited we always find it. a compromise and I'm excited for everyone to see it um yeah we're doing another premiere at West Rock uh, I was talking to Dan a little bit about y'all doing something up there yeah um, I don't remember the dates he was saying but I think it would be feasible I just have to we just have to figure out We'll probably have to upload it to a private link or something. Yeah. And yeah, we talked a little bit about we were like, oh, we should like try and get together, watch it in the shop. That'd be dope, right? And then we were like, why wouldn't we go across the street to the bar and put it on TV over there? Yes, that would be sick. That. I went to that bar. I've been there. Dude, yep. Ice House for the win every time. <laughs> yeah, that was sick. That was the first time I'd ever actually been to that location of the AWS. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd never oh, been nice. in there before. 
dude, yeah, this Ironically. is like the main hub. It's rad. And the ladies across the street that run the bar are wonderful. So shout out to Ice House. Yeah, they took good care <laughs> of us up there. We were too rowdy. Some people were just blacked out, I remember. <laughs> it's even with the stars. I mean, it's hard not to just go full send every, you know, so. <laughs> it was a, it was a total blast. I, I'm pretty sure Bob Sovin, not to throw him under the bus. I'm pretty sure he did, he, he did one of these too, didn't he? One uh, of these interviews? Yeah. Did he we're, or no? We're talking about it. He was a little iffy at first. And then when I ran into him in Orlando, I gave him what for. And I was like, dude, you have to be on my podcast. So it's in uh, the works. Well, when, yeah. When you get him, let's, let's get him to talk about how he, he was, <laughs> placing bets on human beings to fight each other on the trampoline at the after party oh the wrestling <laughs> wasn't that a yeah thing? Oh it was my a God. wrestling he was like he was putting big money down he was trying to get the whole house to put wagers in on these oh two guys God. wrestling on the trampoline I'm, i think i think they I'm broke the sure, trampoline i'm pretty sure there are boys i'm pretty sure it was dennis and david were the two guys that were because yeah. they're the wrestlers yeah, they're local. <laughs> <laughs> they were locals for sure. Oh my god, that's so funny. I don't think I didn't see it happen. I've heard about it all over, and I'm like, in the hell were you guys wrestling? I never saw it. I just kept on hearing Bob running through the house trying to get money from everybody to put down, and he was talking a bunch of shit, but then it was uh Instead of him wrestling people, he was getting them to wrestle. Betting on others. Yeah, (laughs) that's so awesome. Oh my god! Classic Bob pulling all the strings. (laughs) Oh, that's rad. Well, yeah, I am hoping that we can, you know, get together here and and watch the the trilogy because that would be pretty sick. Yeah, let's make it happen. I'll I'll get it figured out with Wes, and I know he'll be down to. I guess we just have to upload it to a private link is probably the fastest way to do it. So yeah, um, we'll be yeah, in contact we'll with that. For you know, sure. Now that it's, you know, the co- it's been premiered, you guys have been showing it here and there, kind of what's, what's next for you guys? Oh, well, we're probably just going to keep on filming and uh, see what comes from it. We've, we just, we're about to get our new winch, uh, our new electric winch, moto winch. They have their first production ball come out. And uh, so we'll be trying to do a bunch of stuff with that. Um, everybody's kind of getting their stuff together over the winter time. I'm yeah. about to have a baby at the end of November. Dude, yeah, um, that's so exciting. Lesson Thank Lots of really cool stuff you. happening. Dope. I'm a November baby, yep, cool. so I am stoked that you're going to have a November baby. Nice. You're the best. <laughs> yep. <laughs> By default, I have to say absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you can't not agree with me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so exciting. But yeah, so pretty stoked. Space baby in the future, and then. Yeah, really just trying to keep it going. These uh, these electric winches are making it easier to travel and, and do it. You can bring them in, in your luggage. You can check them on an airplane. You can take them all over the world. So um, 
Yeah, we don't. As far as I know, nobody's got any plans of slowing down in the crew. <laughs> Good. And, That's uh, what I like to hear. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, everybody's, you know, got more stuff going on than ever right now. So, yeah, it, awesome. I will definitely be working on the next project very soon. But I mean, Rad. as soon as we get back from West Rock, I think I'm going by to pick up my winch, like as we are leaving the airport to come back to Valdosta. So Sweet. from that point forward, we'll be filming more winching and Wes and Sino will be here for the fall. Uh, so we'll be able to do some more filming on the 2.0. We just remodeled the whole thing for PWL. So there's a bunch of stuff we can do over there and set up that's new. So probably film another web video. Um, Maybe another coalition volume. Nice and, uh, yeah, I think next year, try to do another yard sale, try to bring it back or something yeah. along those lines. Dude, yeah, well, we are all uh, very excited to see what you guys do and come up with in the, in the next year. Thanks, we're stoked yeah. to do it. <laughs> rad, rad. Well, I have one before we end our interview and it's you know I thought it was going to be the most important question and I remembered I have to ask you what you had for lunch but are aliens real well in some form in some form definitely perfect that's what I wanted to be I love it some form definitely I've seen enough that I've seen enough unexplained super unexplained stuff and have video evidence of something of some weird stuff as well to i can't say that they look like little green aliens but i can say there's something out there doing something <laughs> that's all i know something's out there doing something uh, no i just haven't put it out yet but uh it was on our winch trip in ohio um I was going to put it in my part for the movie, but it also was one of those clips that wasn't really fitting in there. So, uh, yeah, I might just put it out one day. I, I want to, like, I need to put it in, like, the editing software so I can, like, follow it because it's, like, a these lights at night and hard, you know, hard to zoom in and with gotcha. all the cell phone movement. But to track them all, I'm going to do all that, and I'll probably put it out at some point, but pretty much just a bunch of weird lights that have <laughs> no possible explanation and and now is yeah there's been a few other things too that are just as unexplainable so from where i'm sitting there is something going on and you know whatever an alien is to you, you can i guess you could be objective about what you consider an alien <laughs> but i'm saying that as for what we think they are they definitely are real i love it well we will uh we will end this interview on that note because i agree they are real and i am eagerly waiting to see the footage that you captured in ohio so, thank yeah. you so much for talking with me today i had a great time it was awesome hearing your story uh we'll uh see you around Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Say hey to all the AWS fam out there for me, too. We will. We will. Thank you so much, Quinn. All right. Have a good one.
Later. Space Bobber Die. Space Bobber Die. I love it. <laughs> See ya. See ya.